Welcome to another episode of Iron Sharpens Iron. Iron Sharpens Iron. Believe that who you surround yourself with matters. The heart of this belief is Proverbs 27 17. Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. All right. Well, today we have another guest seminarian on with us. Um, he is from the, or studying to be a priest in the Diocese of Bismarck. His name is Jacob Shep. For those who don't know him, Jacob, you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah, so like Matt said, my name's Jacob. Um, I'm originally from Bismarck. I studied pharmaceutical science at NDSU for three years um, before discerning a call to the priesthood. Um, So now I'm studying at St. John Vianney Seminary in Denver, Colorado, and I'm in the propedeutic or spirituality year. Nice, nice. And how's the the first year, because this year was your first semester you just got done with, right? Yep. And how was that? Um, so it went pretty well overall. The first about month was a bit of a rough transition just from college life, um, of kind of being able to pick your own schedule and being able to, uh, eat meals whenever you want and, um, like access to, um, just a lot of like things that we like kind of like really take for granted, um, during college or just during normal life. Um, kind of are changed a bit in seminary life. Um, so like transitioning into the lifestyle of being a seminarian, um, was a bit challenging for about three or four weeks. But after that, um, it turned out to, uh, to really be a positive experience, um, to like be able to, to go through the struggles at first. And then, um, yeah, like really enter into the lifestyle and really be able to start growing, um, in, uh, yeah, just start growing as a man and, in relationship with God. Yeah. Would you like the first, um, semester, do you do like a lot of formation type things where you're, um, um, how do I want to word the, where they like try to form you in a way to not be more of the world, I guess. And kind of, I know, I think my brother said like his first year, they urged him to stay off his phone, you know, maybe, um, spend less time with it and, um, things like that. Is that kind of a, something that goes on during the first semester do they urge that at all or is that something there that you're more responsible for and kind of sticking with that yeah so um so the whole like first year so both semesters actually um they call it the like propedeutic year or spirituality year um depending on the seminary but they're both the same thing um and like we don't have cell phones um Oh, so they take the they take the phones away from you? Right? Yeah. Okay. Um, and we don't have like laptops or computers, um, and we like don't listen to the radio. We don't listen to music. Um, don't watch TV during the week. Um, to yeah, like step out of the world yeah. and like really learn to pray, learn to encounter others, um, to like give ourselves space to learn about ourselves. Um, and it's that's like also kind of a rough transition of like not being able to like stay up to date of what's happening in the world and not being able to like stay in constant contact with like friends and family um but it actually creates like a lot of space for um for all those other things to happen which is really good how long does it uh did it take you to kind of experience maybe did you or i guess did you even experience like freedom from it all like you know you don't have the responsibility i guess to to text your your friends because you know you can't Mm -hmm. just have that constant communication like you were saying but or 
you know, the constant updates of what's happening in the world. Did you like after like a, a few weeks or something, did you get that that sense of freedom from being away from it all? Yeah, I would say about that was actually like a pretty quick experience, I would say, um, especially with like the ability to like be connected to like friends and family um, like that, like that distance was actually like really positive, I think. And it like came within like three or four weeks. Um, I guess the thing that was like, that was a bit more of a struggle was like the inability to like listen to music and like just sitting around in the afternoon or being able to like watch a movie in the evening. Like those sort like that sort of thing was a bit Mm -hmm. like of a, of a, of a harder transition, I guess, or like something that was like a bit harder to like start to appreciate. Um, but that I would say by like Halloween that started to develop. Okay. Um, so yeah. Have you ever done, um, Exodus 90? Yeah, I did it. I did it once. Does it, how does it differ in an experience from, from like doing that? Like, or is your first semester basically an Exodus 90 type year? Um, so it's like, yeah, it's like pretty comparable, I guess, to Exodus 90 of like the form of lifestyle. Um, except we don't have like the, the, uh, the rules on like eating and snacking and cold showers, like, but it, basically everything else, um, yeah. is pretty similar. Um, and for those don't, who don't know, Exodus 90 is a, a 90 day program where you, um, basically remove yourself from, um, the internet, your phones, um, and then you take, you do these certain asceticisms where you take uh, cold showers every day. Um, you pray a lot of prayer. You read um, the book of Exodus through the through the whole ninety days. Um, so yeah, that's what Exodus ninety is. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I guess I think. Well, I guess this like experience, like the first semester, um, was a more I would say like personally more productive experience than Exodus ninety was. But that's really because yeah. like everyone in the seminary like has either like is either going through it that's like in my class or everyone older has done it so there's just a lot more like support and available like the opportunity for it to like really become like a productive experience instead of it like being just like another thing that becomes part of our life um and that was unfortunately my experience of doing exodus like three years ago when i did it um so yeah but like this yeah i can see like the good from doing those asceticisms and um the extra prayer and the reading of scripture and all those things yeah i know one thing in exodus they focus on is uh day 91 because they want they want you to keep those asceticisms or at least some of them in practice and i know my experience was day 91 it's like that's my indulged day mm-hmm. that's where i'm like all right i'm gonna take a nice warm shower i'm gonna kind of i'm gonna binge on snacks and it's like that's not what you're supposed to do apparently so that's kind of what i did though um it was on it was easter though so kind of celebrating a little bit but Mm -hmm. yeah do they prepare you at all for like as you're um going into your first semester do they tell you like this is what it's going to be like you're not you're kind of be going to be removed from the world you're not going to have your phones or your laptops or anything do they let you know that or is that like something you get introduced to in like the first week or something yeah so like they actually like when we apply and like interview with the seminary before being accepted there um that's part of like the application process is like they have a sheet of paper and you have to sign it saying that like you understand like what's gonna happen um 
of like yeah being like removed from the world for a bit um and it's not like you're not like completely removed because on the weekends we can like call our friends call our family from um either like flip phones or from like landline phones that they provide and we can look at email and stuff like that um and we can like watch college football on saturdays and um so it's not completely removed but it's a lot more space yeah um in the similar way that like exodus lets you um like relax some of the asceticism on sundays and stuff like that okay nice going um through the application process of the um of the seminary um did you have like any fears or anything going into it um right away or like were you because i mean taking the step to just attend seminary is a big step and a lot of guys are I feel like afraid of taking that step, even if they feel um, a call to the seminary, they they don't want to take that that step towards the seminary, um, even if they feel that call towards the priesthood. Did you have any any fears like going through that, and how do you work through that? If you did, um, I guess I I really didn't honestly like at least in the application process. Um, my I guess like yeah I've. I know that that's like a big thing is like making the leap. Um, and like, that was like a very like natural or like a very like easy process, I guess. Um, but that wasn't, yeah, like that, that was just something that God was able to, to give me. Um, but like the struggle came when I got there, as we were talking about earlier of, um, when I first got there, it was a really rough experience. Um, so like it, yeah, that like, just comes with the territory of like making a big change and making a big leap. Um, but I guess like all I can say is we have to, we can't be afraid of the, of those things. Um, we have to just trust that everything will turn out all right. Um, put all faith in the Lord. Yeah. And if you're feeling that call, then I mean, how how do you say no to that? Right. Yeah. It's well, yeah, like that's, that's why I went because there was a, there was a call and I knew I had to respond in some way. Yeah. And this was the most natural and appropriate way to, to respond. Yeah. Got to plant the seed and see what grows from it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. How'd you get through those uh, struggles? Did you find a, a lot of comfort in prayer during uh, your first week? You said you or your first uh, week, month-ish, you were, you were kind of um, struggling for the transition. Did you find comfort in prayer or, or um, is there any saint maybe you turn to for inspiration or? things like that yeah um so there i guess i was like part of the part of the struggle was i was feeling pretty like desolate honestly Mm -hmm. um like in prayer in those times um and like the first like the one of the big things was there was just some some older seminarians who were really like understanding and were like just very encouraging to like keep going and just like give some time to let the uh let the struggles um work themselves out really um so that was like that was like a very like a very like tangible help of just like having like a bit of mature leadership and like in my life to help me keep going um and later on um there was i guess i've really like started to like be inspired by um the lives and like how um a f- well a few of the saints like maximilian colby is one of one of my favorite saints yeah. um 
in like his story of um well really his life and even just like how he um became a priest and be well as part of the franciscans Mm -hmm. um and how he almost didn't leave or how he almost didn't become a priest with them he wanted him and his brother were going to leave um leave the order for a while so like that story and story of john paul ii going through seminary in secret um during the war um like those those saints have been really inspiring and how they lived their priesthood how they lived their lives how they responded to struggle um all those things yeah that's awesome so you um experienced a lot of fellowship then that that first week with the the um, older seminarians and you kind of William, I know he was on last week, and he um, goes to a seminary in Nebraska, if I remember right. And he was talking about just how good it is to have the the other seminarians there that you can kind of lean on, mm-hmm. um, and to have that that fellowship there. Um, so yeah, that's awesome that that you have that there to to lean on those guys when you need to, because you know iron sharpens iron. So um, if you're struggling and you have that that um, person that you can go to and talk about your struggles with, um, and they can help kind of guide you and in, in their experiences, and then maybe guide you towards um, what you need to pray about and what you need to to think about too. But yeah, how'd your uh, time? Because you said you were at NDSU for three years. Mm-hmm. That's correct. And you spent a lot of time here at the Newman Center. Yep. Did that help prepare you at all? And anyway for the seminary or did it help form you in any way I guess yeah like um so I spent a lot of time at the Newman Center in my last like year and a half at NDSU um and it was I guess the the most formative thing was just like the the ability to like make good friends um and like get like given the opportunity to do that Mm -hmm. um through through the Newman Center um of just like the community of of good people um and then it was when i was a peer minister um for the last year that was like the a good that was like the good the like opportunity i needed to like learn how to be a catholic leader and like how to be a part of the church in that way yeah um because i guess if i become a priest i need to be able to do those things of that and many 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 more but like that was like a very good like little introduction into like catholic leadership i guess um and like how to evangelize and how to bring people in and how to how to keep them uh, and how to like keep them going to church and yeah all those things so that was a great um a great gift to be able to to experience that yeah how important would you say um authentic friendship is and just having for your discernment um, I know you talked about yeah your your friends you ma- made here. How important is it to have those authentic friendships in your life? So I think. Do you think you'd be at seminary without those friends? No, I I wouldn't be. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I think having like real friends, um, friends that are virtuous people pursuing virtue, um, they don't all have to be like you don't have to be a saint to become friends with someone or like because we're not that's just not where we're at mm-hmm. but you have to be some i think it's really important to be friends with people who are pursuing virtue and who are fighting the battle of living in their state in life like most people aren't called to like most guys aren't called to enter the seminary most women aren't called to enter a convent 
um but it's like fight and fighting the battles virtuously that we're called to fight in our state of life um those are the people that like we want that like we should be friends with um and i didn't have that for a long time in life um but i was really fortunate um to over time um like find those people find the people who are like trying to have really solid relationships with their like boyfriend or girlfriend and have really solid relationships with their parents and really be sick like really do their like do their career well and really do like be a good college student um and like those are the people i'm closest with because there's a foundation on like on the truth and on goodness and like that's centered around god um and that just like when you have like that a circle of friends like that it just like builds up builds up builds up more like good things from it builds up more positive um experiences builds up more pot like more positivity in that relationship um and it builds up more virtue with all the people involved um and it builds up like a very like real sense of like being like like what love should be like we're all called to love others in different ways Mm -hmm. but that like needs to start with like needs to start with family and it needs to start with authentic friendship and then when we can learn to love that's when we can really like discover who we are who we're called to be yeah so yeah really working on not just finding authentic friends but being an authentic friend too Mm -hmm. um it's so important i don't know how would you tips on like finding authentic friends how do you be an authentic authentic friend um yeah i don't know do do you have anything to yeah i guess i'll say that like i think when you like say like authentic friendship it really like comes down to like what is like what level is the relationship at like if i know i've had like the friends that or like the people i call friends but i'm just friends with them because i have class with them like that's that's fine like you can be friends with them um then there's like the friends you have because like you play on the same sports team or you're in the same club like that's like that's good you can be friends with them as well but like that said it's that's like a pretty surface level but then there's the like the people in our lives that we can call up on a, at like 10 p.m and be like i had a terrible day i want to talk about this or on the other side be like oh how like how's how are you doing like how was your day? How'd work go? How, like, how are these different things going? And it, and that's a much more deeper relationship. Um, and those are the ones that I would like, I call like authentic friends. Um, and those are like the relationships that really like lead to this, like flourishing of virtue, flourishing of goodness, like flourishing of like really discovering like who like I am as a person, as well as them discovering who they are. Um, when two people are able to be like completely honest, completely open with each other and just like really experience life um, for what it is and not just at like some superficial level. Cause like we all need to have like those conversations about how the Vikings are doing or <laughs> how the, how the bison played uh, played last week or whatever. And that's great. But like those friendships can also include like much deeper conversations and those are the best ones. Um, and those are the ones that I truly believe lead to, um, yeah, like lead to really good things of people discovering like their vocation, people growing 
and deeper unity with God. People like making like really hard choices to choose the good. Um, and yeah, I think those are the most important things of just like being open and honest with people and finding people that are also able to be open and honest with you to like really walk side by side with through life. Yeah. The people you can have those, those tough conversations with, there's things like you were saying that are a lot harder to talk about. I mean, it's easy to talk about sports. It's easy to talk about, you know, the weather or, or these things, but the things you can, you know, you can have a tough conversation with these people. And, um, well, you know, you, you don't, you're not afraid of like hurting their feelings. Cause you know that they know that you're being honest with them and, um, yeah, just opening up. You can talk about your relationship with God. You can, if you see them struggling somewhere, you, you can call them out and say, hey, we got to talk about this. And those are the, those are the friendships that build you up. Those are the friendships that um, are centered on just making you a better person. And those are the friendships you want in your life, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, I'm glad you were able to come on. Um, I don't know if you had any other things that you wanted to uh, bring up about the seminary or talk about at all or any advice to anyone right now who's uh, considering applying to the seminary? Um, my advice is going to sound kind of really cheesy, um, but <laughs> like really all I can say is that like if you're thinking about it and especially if you're like making decisions like in your life that are like leading you towards like discerning the pre or like yeah like actively discerning the priesthood to just like to just do it and just like leap in and go for it um i'm not gonna like tell you that it's gonna be like the easiest thing ever or that it's gonna be um like yeah like the like the greatest experience you've ever had because there's gonna be like real like real struggle in it like mm -hmm. it's it's a long process it's a lot like a lot of things to do but if you're at the point where you're like i really think i sh should do this but i don't know what to do or i'm like scared of what's going to happen just just trust that it's going to be just fine um like all those like struggles and stuff are very normal but really it's just a matter of trusting that god's going to provide in that in that if you apply and you go through all that process, that whole like process and you go through all the work that he's going to bring something really good to your life through that. Um, like if you don't become a priest, that's fine. Um, if that's like, if that's his will that you're not a priest, that's fine. But like, if there's, if he's putting it on your heart to apply, um, like just, just respond to that um, and do it um, because he'll provide a lot of great things to you in that a lot of grace, um, a lot of growth, um, and yeah. I know we, we did a, a video uh, last year on all of the guys from the Newman Center that we had to go to seminary. It's called The Five Guys, if you want to look it up. It's on our YouTube page. Um, so just a quick plug in there. But <laughs> in that video, you talked about kind of a cool story. I don't know if you want to talk about that again, but the story of you applying um, for seminary, I think you were trying to turn in your application, but you needed a physical or something. And you couldn't get in do you know what i'm talking about um you couldn't get like this this certain appointment you needed i can't remember if it was a physical or like an eye exam or, or what it was oh yeah a dental appointment a dental appointment <laughs> yeah and you like couldn't get in or something and yeah something happened to you 
so the yeah so the story of the dental appointment is um one morning the bishop of bismarck um and i had a meeting and he like shook my hand and said congratulations you're now a seminarian so the vocations director and i after that sat down um and went through like the application to apply for like the seminary i was going to down in denver um one of the things they require is a um is a dental exam which i was kind of surprised by the vocations director um was also like surprised by it or well he was aware of it enough to pull it out of the packet and be like you need to do this like pulled it out to like make sure you do this sooner or later i was like okay cool um at that time though like that morning i was planning on going to retreat um with a friend out at the benedictine abbey outside of bismarck um just for a few days to kind of get away and get to get to pray a bit um especially after being accepted to go to seminary and all that um so I, I, my mentality for the whole dental appointment thing was i'll deal with that next week um after retreat um so i didn't really think anything else of it until i was sitting in my truck at home about two hours later um like literally ready to leave for for retreat and i got a text message from the dentist office saying are you in town today we have an appointment at three o'clock and well <laughs> I, I didn't go to retreat quite yet because i knew i needed to go to the dentist at that point um i have no idea how they knew i was in bismarck um or yeah i have no idea how they knew i was in bismarck um so yeah they somehow knew and were <laughs> you know playing along enough with whatever god had planned to uh to get me to uh to come in that day and get that dental exam done um because i needed to and um yeah i even tried to to fight it so hard at one point that i was like oh i'll just call and see when the next time i could get in was and the next time they had an open appointment was like five months later oh, it was wow. like the middle of the summer and i was like okay i see what's going on here <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah like that happened i guess would um, you if you didn't get that dental um exam or whatever it was if you didn't get that would they not let you in the seminary that year uh they yeah they would have made me figure something out uh, okay. of getting it before i was able to to show up yeah I, I don't know why it just sounds like a weird thing for uh for to be on an application but yep for, it, for seminary. I, I agree it was but <laughs> but yeah like but i mean it needed it and god knew you needed it and he's like we're gonna get this done today because yep. you're not gonna do it for five months <laughs> yeah so yeah like God will use like those stressful moments and those like, yeah, like those like moments of struggle to do, to do things, even if it's making me go to the dentist, which I'm not a fan of. Um, and it's like, yeah, like those, like those things will happen to us. Um, and yeah, God will give us his grace to make, to make the things that are his will happen, like, and make it all just work out. Um, so that's why I say like if you're if you're thinking about it and like feel that you have a call to just to just go for it um, and trust that whatever happens will turn out positive. Yeah, because it will. Before we end here, I just uh, wanted to ask you, we talked about the struggle a lot about the seminary and and some things that you go through. But I wanted to ask, what's the uh, probably the most attractive part about the priesthood um, that you see from your point of view right now at seminary? Um, 
so like the most attractive part of like the priesthood you're saying the priesthood the like priesthood the, the 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 end vocation what's because a lot of guys i would say the priesthood is probably the the less attractive vocation out of marriage and um other things and yeah so a lot of guys you know they might look past the the attraction of the priesthood what attracts you to the priesthood um i guess like i would say it's the ability to bring someone to God, like a priest is not a miracle worker. A priest isn't a therapist. He's not a counselor. He's none, none of those things. Like a priest is someone who, whose job is to bring someone closer to God because God will, will make all those other things happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's not the priest's job to make those things happen. It's the priest's job to help the other person encounter, encounter Jesus in a very real way. Um, and I guess one of like the great joys and also like great struggles, um, of like this first year seminary is, um, every, every, every week, one afternoon, um, during the week, we'll go to like, like everyone in my class will go to like various grade schools or nursing homes and like just do various things like with those, with those people, with those places. Um, so I go to a grade school and, um, work with the third grade class. Um, and it's like a great gift to like, be able to like answer the third graders questions and like talk to them about the sacraments and all those things. Um, because like, that's how, like, that's like something that a, a very, that's like a very tangible thing that a priest can do to bring others to, to Christ is mm -hmm. like, give that, like give those people the, the like intellectual knowledge they need to be able to respond to what God's doing in their life. Um, and to be able to understand like how God works and to like really start to be able to encounter him. Um, so that's like a great gift, but it's also like quite challenging. Um, when like they don't understand or when it seems like what I'm saying just doesn't like match up with what they're experiencing in the world. Um, or experiencing at home and like that's that's like really hard because then you have to like figure out a way to reconcile all those things um but like it is a great i think it's like a great gift that a priest is given to be able to encounter people in that way um and be like the person on to be like the person on earth that god uses to bring others to him yeah. um to allow him to work and yeah it's so true i mean you um, priests bring Jesus to people and like you said a very real way and the most real way that you can make through the sacrifice of the mass and mm -hmm. um, it's really a, a beautiful thing that, that priests have the gift to um, give that to people and that's mm -hmm. awesome yeah and through the sacrament of, of reconciliation as well giving God's mercy like being a, being a part of God giving his mercy and his love to others and um, yeah. anointing of the sick being there um, at the end of someone's life, like, yeah, all of those moments yeah. of bringing Jesus to others. Priest, or, yeah, you just look at that's God's love on earth. You you see that in, um, in the Mass and in reconciliation, and they, when you're receiving God's mercy through them, mm -hmm. that it, it's really amazing. So I want to thank you so much for uh, coming back to Fargo and being on the podcast here. Oh, yeah, thank so, you. Yeah, thanks for being on and uh, for... Everyone listening, like, subscribe, send this to your friends. Leave a sermon to Priesthood. This is a
All right. Thank you. And you got it.